welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logan the Barbarian. Joined with me today is Light the Light-Fingered Thief. Uh, Light, I am here to steal all your goods. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about something that's been talked about. Well, probably by the time this goes out for a couple weeks online, and there's probably lots of speculations and maybe some arguments over it. But we're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons 5.5. Sixth edition, six point oh, five point two five. We don't we don't know. It's more than the sixth edition because if you start counting all the different editions of BX and AD and D, AD and D second edition, there's a lot of editions in over the years. Third edition had two different editions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, third edition and three point five. Yeah. Now I know there's there's a big people are like. Well, it's different because third of difference just kind of an update too. But the difference between AD&D and AD&D second edition is probably more nuanced and less than actually having a full edition sometimes. Like I'd say it's, yeah, there's, there's not much of a difference between I mean, those two editions. No, the core game mechanic is still there. I think they just added a lot of skills and feats and, uh, it seems like expansion type material to it to second edition there wasn't really skills and feats there so like they 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 just kind of reframed the uh existing rules and kept some of the options in there as options there was a bigger jump in what people refer to as 2.5 where they added way more in what people refer to as 2.5 they put out books that were like skills and powers and if, if you look at the different editions and where something becomes a new edition or gets a new labeling, it's kind of arbitrary. And the biggest, the biggest difference I think is sometimes over the years has been marketing. It is, it is, you know, marketing, new covers, sell more books, sell more class books, sell yeah. more spell books. <laughs> so we have this new book, this Tasha's Cauldron it's called, and I have not picked that up, but I've heard I... of it. I think I might have it. I, I need to check. I, I pick up some of the 5e books depending on the um, subject matter. Yeah, so I, from what I understand, it kind of does what Paizo has already done where they got rid of race. And I think, I don't remember if Paizo in second edition, I haven't picked up the second edition uh, Pathfinder. Sorry, yeah. I haven't. I was, I'm kind of like, I think I, I'm not going to follow a new edition there. Yeah, I might have picked up the second edition of Pathfinder through like a Humble Bundle. But I don't think I've actually read it or anything like that. It was on sale, so I picked it up, but it's not something that I've looked into. I've got, the when it comes to the hardbacks of the first edition Pathfinder, I've got every stinking hardback and more. Like, I've got plenty of Pathfinder books, but I didn't, I was not about to, so with many editions, when they come out, I was not about to just rebuy all those books from scratch. No, it's, uh, I mean, to me, that's a little bit of a waste of money when you got to rebuy everything that you have, all your modules, all your yeah books and it's it's not easy so like palladium has been doing this for 40 years all about and they have they have done some light updates and revisions but they have a thing where they've got 40 years worth of content and books still in print a lot of them that are compatible and they haven't done new editions so you have a huge library you can go back to you can still use your old books with what you're buying new and that's something that Palladium players like about the system in the game. They don't want to have to redo it. 
And I understand that a lot of players play things like old school essentials and swords and wizardry or Osric because they don't want to have to start from square one. Exactly. And, uh, but the issue I have with Palladium is they just need to reorganize <laughs> like the structure of their books and rewrite it. They just need an editor. That would help. Issue, I don't have an issue with the game mechanics or the game itself. They just need an editor to go reorganize the book a little bit better. We're going to do, I'm going to do a large series in the future on Palladium and get into some of these things. I think Palladium character creation is more difficult than it should be. It's terrible because it should be done backwards, according to the book. You start in the back of the book and you move forward to do character creation. Yeah, some of the, the books are a bit out of order. But when it comes to, uh, honestly, when it comes to making some of the newer editions of characters, there's a lot of flipping around. They take a long time for third edition characters, Pathfinder characters, fifth edition characters, whatever I've made one, it's taken me. It feels a lot like I'm making a Palladium character to me. I'm like, well, this takes a bit. It it does because they've added a lot of, you know, um, a custom background, custom feats, and all of those, as you mentioned, will impact some of your um, proficiencies and skills. So you have to go back and update and erase stuff again. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who I think use apps for that kind of stuff nowadays. I'm I'm going to be honest. I, I like a, a role-playing. I've never really, like, done – not never. When 3rd Edition first came out, there was a disc in the back of the book. I bought the book. Um, I actually didn't have a computer, but my father did. So I went to my father's house, and I put it in his computer and played around with the character creation app that they had. It was kind of a novelty at the time. I think I made a few characters for the campaign that I was running. I don't remember much about it. Uh, and that's the last time I kind of went into that world. But that's there's a big world with those crunchier games like Pathfinder and 5th Edition where people don't roll up their characters with dice and pencil and paper. Having a crunchier game, I can see why people wouldn't be as intimidated by rolling up characters out of the book as much when you have the computer doing it for you. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's not something I've gotten into. I, I, I We all just sit around the table and roll dice and fill it out. <laughs> and BX and all certain older editions or even the year zero system. There's a lot of other systems that are really good with being able to roll up a character quick at the table. Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, Alice in our previous podcast mentioned, you know, hero system. And I was like, oh, hero system drives me nuts because it takes forever for me to calculate everything. And she's like, oh, no, you just use a, you know, an online spreadsheet or app calculator. I was like, okay, well, yeah, in that case, it'd make yeah. the cre character creation a lot easier. But when I was doing it with pen, pencil, calculator, you know, it was, it took a long time, you know. So I, I'm like you, I haven't used many of the um, assisted apps online. You know, we've used Road 20 and Fantasy Grounds for some of the games. In some instances, it has helped. So for like um, year zero Forbidden Lands, we, we talked about the dice pool. Having that dice pool calc automatic calculation has been great. But for other games like um, Dungeon Crawl Classics, I have a PDF character sheet, but I much prefer having a paper character sheet. I don't know why. I just, that's, that's what I grew up with. That's what I'm used to. I'm used to having a, a paper character sheet. So when you get hit, you uh, erase your hit points and <laughs> write a new one. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> My 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 little hit point box for my DCC characters and my uh, all OSE and my Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerer Hyperborea character, all those sheets are just paper. I wrote them in in pencil. Yep. And the little area beside the hit point box, 
is so worn out from being it's all erased through. It's all thin. I was like, maybe I should transfer this to a new sheet and rewrite it. <laughs> I'm gonna go through this paper and rewrite it now. Right. So it's one of those that you know I can see it helps. It it, it makes does makes things easier. I'm just not used to it <laughs> we'll have to try to explore some of those and learn a bit more about them so we can give give this so we can talk about them on here maybe that's something we can delve into but yeah we need to get back to the fifth edition <laughs> yeah sorry we, we, we like detoured in the character creation and, and stuff well, but yeah looking at this was an, an inevitable thing everybody knew it was going to come especially if you've been playing for a while you knew that there was going to be an announcement about a new update and honestly Honestly, I thought that the new update would be a soft update, and I think it will be. I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to be more akin to AD&D going to AD&D second edition with maybe a few major changes on the things like the race and stuff like that, that we might see. But compatible wise, I'm expecting it to be more backwards compatible to fifth because they've had so much success and it just would be suicide to turn everything upside down at this point. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, 5e has been around for like what, almost 10 years. And not quite. I think it came out in 2014 or 2015, but I might be wrong on that. Um, so it's so been it around... came out as D and D next, I guess, as a developmental yes. game that came out in 2012, but you're right. The actual formal edition came out in 2014. Yeah. So I remember when, so when the D and D next came out, we were, we were we were playing AD and D at that time. I remember it happening very well. I remember second edition coming out, and people were upset about that. Um, I remember third edition coming out, and third edition was was there were people there were detractors, but third edition had a big embrace at the time. When three point five came out, I'm going to be honest, I did not pick up three point five books. I was a little peeved. I was like, yeah. I just bought a new edition feels like yesterday <laughs> like how is there a new DD out by the time fourth came out it was like yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not going that route i got a lot of DD right. books at the time if i had more money i may have considered it but i was you know paying for children to have diapers and, and, and yeah sure the rent you know, priorities <laughs> yeah i already spent a lot of the books that i have i can't justify buying a whole new edition was my approach there. i can justify buying a new book here and there for what i had but buying it all and starting it all over again, learning new rule sets, I can't do at that time. I was just kind of, it was prohibitive. No, no. And it looks like the new, whatever update that's coming in the spring of 2022 next year, looks like, like you said, it'll be backwards compatible. It'll probably be a, a soft update. Um, I'm assuming that, you know, maybe they'll put out some more races and classes and put them all together in one place versus having it across multiple books like today, but I'm hoping most of the mechanics modules will still be compatible. Well, here's what my assumption and thoughts are. We had, with, with AD&D, we got Unearthed Arcana. And that which, book brought a lot awesome. of new stuff. Yeah, and it brought a lot of new stuff that was kind of like thrown into second edition. So they, they're doing exactly what they have done before. But second edition, we got well, the 2.5 stuff. And some of that stuff kind of got completely reworked some of it got dropped and some of it got put into elements of third edition third edition was the biggest change from second to third there was a massive shift in the game and things were still compatible if you knew how to kind of do the subtraction because they just changed the thaco base of to hit armor class zero to making putting that on the armor class itself giving it a base of 10 
and not having to do the calculation. They do the calculations up front and then you have to roll to hit it, et cetera, et cetera. That was one of the biggest changes that in creating this skills system, this uh, combat rating system that kind of mirrored combat and did the same type of mechanic for everything else. So that was a huge change in the way the game was played in 2000. And that's essentially the mechanic in the way that the game is still played with fifth edition. One of the biggest shifts of fifth edition that I have seen and noticed is the armor classes were thrown off of the original calculations and the hit points were. Hit, hit points, points were, are yeah. higher, Much armor higher. classes are lower. Yep. So instead of how it used to work and be compatible with the old ones, you're suddenly thrown off into a totally different formula that isn't as backwards compatible. Yeah, the uh, monster hit dice are like way out of whack. Well, I should say that. They're yeah. very different than the earlier edition. So yeah. doing the translation is not as straightforward as it was before. However, it does make combat longer. So I guess for folks that like being in combat and doing different feats and attacks. Well, it yeah, you have you you hit more often, but you have to do more hits to kill them. You got to do more hits, so combat takes longer in the five uh, E games. And and let's be on some of the newer games, third and four, where you're doing more damage than you would when we were like we were just rolling. Like with BX, you're not getting the kind of bonuses and stuff like that you would. So you can do more damage in newer editions. But aside from that, we're going back to this fifth edition idea. I, I like with saying that it's going to be backwards compatible. I'm assuming that it'll be more like first edition to second edition. What happened with fourth edition with it not being compatible is that because of the open license, they were able to go ahead and put out Pathfinder, a clone of fifth. If fifth edition drifts too far from or the fifth 5.5 or six drifts too far from the original i'm gonna make bets that clones will start popping up and yeah. the fifth edition community is gonna have a community that still plays fifth edition for sure i mean it's such a huge community right now if you look at just the online presence of 5e it's massive and a lot of third-party publishers are making and producing content for 5e so i don't like you said i don't see people changing out to 5.5 and in, in mass at all i think some people will and there will be a big player uh base for a 5.5 or a 6 but i do predict that there will be something going on like what's going on with other editions when you go to drive through rpg right now you can pick up the rule cyclopedia you can pick up ad and d first and second edition core rule books print to order in paperback even pretty cheap you can still get the rule books like legally printed Yep. Uh, from print on demand. I just ordered the uh, Rootcyclopedia a couple weeks ago, actually, <laughs> on print on demand. <laughs> I don't see why we're not going to still be able to get those fifth edition books in the same way someday, especially if there's a demand for it. It'll probably be there. And on top of that, there are a lot of people who have put out for print on demand content for fifth. And there will be a community that probably still plays fifth as it was. And just like the other editions, that other people play, that's going to be there. I do think there's going to be a strong fifth edition following when they move on to something else. Right now, there's a strong Pathfinder third edition following that still plays those games. Yep, they haven't be... moved on to second edition Pathfinder or any of nope. <laughs> or any of the new updates, but it is curious to see because you know we're Gen X, so we play a lot of OSR first and second edition. And then we're seeing a lot of uh, millennials 
that are playing, I guess, 5e. So I'm curious to see, you know, this is a, the next generation disease or whatever it is going to be playing 5.5 or 6. I think a lot of, a lot of the generation Z are playing are, are, are already, I think they're probably older than we realize they are. <laughs> okay. Fair. Yeah. Maybe they're in a five E as well too. <laughs> yeah. I think that they're, I think millennials are starting to get to be close to 40 now at this point. Some of them, the higher end. <laughs> yeah. You probably, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but it seems like that group, again, a lot of them are, have been playing 5e and enjoying 5e. So I'll be curious to see again who shifts to this 5.5 or 6. There's a lot of young folks who get into the OSR games and, and stuff like that, too. And I've heard some of the people who are even creators who are younger than I expected at first sometimes. Like, oh, wow. So there's definitely, I don't know if the generation, I think there is a definite, like the OSRs got a lot of, old grognars <laughs> yep like us <laughs> that's that it, it's there i'm not gonna lie there's also young folks that that come and gravitate to it it is what it is and a lot of that is that we uh, for me it was i had those books you know my old ad and d books and stuff like that and i just ran it for a long time past its expiration date and then discovered there was other stuff out there and some of it was just like i said when they updated i wasn't going to spend that much money to move on to a new edition I have everything I need to run a fantasy campaign. If you have fifth edition books and a lot of them in a good collection, especially like things from some of the third party companies that have put out are amazing. Yeah. Green Ronin and Frog God has given you tons of extra monster manuals and stuff like that. Even yep. books on different classes. They've taken it to every genre imaginable. You got a book for you can pull stuff from a lot of places. Hey, these fifth edition players are going to be able to play fifth edition for the rest of your life with what yeah, you for have. a very long time. <laughs> I just saw a Kickstarter that I shared where they're going to be doing like a Kickstarter for uh, based on like African lore for fifth edition and African fantasy. So, you know, fifth edition is still going strong. Yeah, it's going to be going strong and it'll be going strong even if they go into seventh edition and it is nothing like previously. Now, there's things I'd like to see with future editions, and they maybe aren't mechanical things. They may not be mechanical things. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, like you said, is it going to be a hit point difference, AC difference, new weapons, new spells? Well, that's not the kind of things I'm, I'm curious about or even interested in about. What would really pique my interest would be a shift in art and design to something more modern. More modern. I mean, I mean to me, the, the 5e books look pretty modern to me. But I don't again. think they do. And here's my, 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 my reasoning behind that is there's a lot of cutting edge design happening, especially in more independent games out there. You've got companies like Freely who are doing really good art and really good, really neat looking stuff. And they're, they're taking design to new levels and they're taking layout to new levels. Like even looking at layout of things like OSE yep. or looking what was done with Knock. And like, if I take the free league players guide or the game masters guide, of the free league, I'm sorry, the forbidden lands players guide or game masters guide, they have really nice books, but it's not a full color book. And the night in the year 2000, it was, and before 2000 in the nineties, when we were starting to get into more digital layout and design, like throwing watermarks behind things were super futuristic and cool and neat. And at this point, I honestly look at these thick watermarks behind everything and it feels like it's dated. Like 20 years ago, 
that was really innovative and cool in the year 2021. I'm like, yeah, everybody's got Photoshop. We get it. <laughs> like, it's not that impressive. No, that's that's a good point. I mean, a lot of the Pathfinder artwork and the current 5e artwork is computer generated artwork, which. And there's nothing against the computer because there's a good computer generated artwork out there. I think the layout and design needs to come up to the, to the current day, which I don't think that they're successfully doing. And focus on things like improving indexes and readability, findability, making it an easier thing to do while still giving it a good, more modern aesthetic. I think that's something they should look at, but I don't run Hasbro. <laughs> no, it's fair. I mean, I do like the um, OSE BX book and layout is very easy to read and spaced out i find 5e a little bit condensed but the one that i have the most issue with is anything that troll lord games puts out all their castle and crusades books are the layouts are terrible you can't find anything it's so densely packed so for me that's where most of my unhappiness is i'm picking up lots of books that are not using watermarks that still use full color within the pages and and it's still i i just feel that that Having to throw that thing, this kind of, I feel it's coming off of the third edition, original third edition book, the strongest, they did some of it, they kind of started dabbling then in the 2.5 printings and started doing some of that full color, glossy pages, but like just readability issues, layout issues, start addressing those things. It doesn't mean you go away from having color, but question how color is used on those pages if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. It's interesting because you're looking at it, obviously, from a design eye, which you have more background in than yeah. I do. So I'm going to put this out there. For the, I worked as a, as, a, as a designer and illustrator in marketing for a long time. Yeah, so, so I, you're, you're, you're looking at it from a design and aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. I, I'm an engineer, so I'm just looking at the functional aspects of the book. Yeah, so. well, that, they're very intertwined, the functionality and the design, because yep. the design lends to the functionality of the book. Like if you look at the old school essentials book and how easy it is to use. And when I open up the Pathfinder book and I'm, I'm, I'm crawling from page to page trying to send things. And some of the game design impacts that. If you've got 5 million different options for every character class, it's going to be customizing messy. everything. Yeah. It's going to be messy. <laughs> you've got a hundred places you got to look like go to page X. It's there's the, you know, you've got to find ways to, to just kind of give you a clear way to determine that if you're going to use those kind of mechanics, you got to be real good at putting, you know, it, noting, okay, this, you go to this page to find this, you go to this page, bring it down more to bullet points and specifics and get, make it easier to navigate thing. The layout and the design, I think needs to improve on fit on the next edition. I don't know if they're going to pick up onto some of the stuff that's been happening on the edges out there, especially some of the right. European publications too, are really improving in those areas. And it's really impressive. Yeah. One thing I am curious about, you know, we, we played a lot of, a lot of OSR games and in the OSR games, you know, there's a lot of different dice that you use, you know, D4, D6, D12. Sometimes you got to roll under, sometimes you got to roll, roll above. So, you know, a lot of that's been cleaned up through the years so I'm wondering if they're going to be changing up any of those mechanics within the new 5e updates as well, too. I mean, right now, everything's still like a DC challenge. Yeah, I think they're going to stay with that. I, th I don't think they're going to leave that. It's going to be very much structured after the third edition. I think that that's the way that they're going to keep D&D for now. It's going to be some adjustments and tweaks to that. I think the race is going to, I think the concept of have, choosing a race and a class is going to become can or something 
along those lines or ancestry. And I think they're going to adjust how race is approached. I think those things will definitely happen. They might clean up some of the things that are considered broken or out of whack with power and stuff like that. Those will probably happen. I don't think it's going to be a huge shift in the game. I think it's going to be a soft shift to adjust to things that people have been asking for. They may add a few things to make it spicier, interesting. We'll see. I'm curious to see, you know, I'm assuming they're going to maintain the use of fancy and magic and the way that spell slots and stuff are used. I, I I would be shocked if they left Vancey and Magic, but I guess they might because I know they've been getting more into the, what's that called? The the Magic, the Gathering, and I've heard people talk about mana. I, I know there's something yeah. done with that in there, and I've not checked out those books. That would be crazy. <laughs> I haven't looked at it, but I'd be curious because even though I grew up playing, you know, oh, sorry, with Vancey Magic, so you had one you know, level one spell you cast and that was it. And after you cast it, you were done <laughs> until, yeah. you, until you could study again. So I, I'd be curious to see if they change that up because I find that a little bit limiting sometimes because I know with like, say, Dungeon Crawl Classics, you can keep casting your spells. You just have a, you know, a worse and worse chance of failing and, <laughs> you know, mutating or, you know, making your god unhappy or something like that, which I appreciate because like you can keep casting. You just take more and more risk. <laughs> That's all. It's your choice. So I'd be curious if they do or, or what they do with magic and how they handle magic in the future. I would be shocked if they left the Vancia magic system, but I guess it's not impossible. That would be a big change. Now, what else was I wanting to address on this fifth edition change? I know there was one other thing I wanted to hit up. We were talking about um, sales and supplements. Was it expansion for purchase? I, I might. I don't know if I'll pick up the new edition or not. I can't say I will or not. I may with, you know, especially doing a podcast and all, I may try to pick up the court books and see what's in there and learn about it. I'm not itching to change our games. I got a lot of games on my plate. Well, you so know, it's we just recently... against, yeah, it's nothing against the fifth, the, the 5.5 or six, uh, but there's a lot here. And I, I, starting a fantasy game system from scratch makes no sense when I have as many fantasy game systems as I have on my shelf that can do everything that that can't do yet. So often I've waited till there's a lot more books out for a thing before I've even approached getting into it. Like Pathfinder was out for quite a few years before I picked the books up. So I said, I can do everything I need to do fantasy with what I have here on the shelf. Yeah. I mean, to be frank, I normally would just pick up modules and expansion supplements to use and reskin for our hyperborea game for example yeah and so that's that that reminds me that's what i was trying to remember to say now here's what i don't get why 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 wizards doesn't do this and they might in the next year or so with the 50th anniversary coming up is back in the day when we started playing there was basic and there was advanced dungeons and dragons yep that was it <laughs> why don't they put out two different versions like they did back then a basic and an advanced like do a BX edition and something that appeals to the OSR community, as well as something that appeals to the fifth edition community, similar to how they did for quite a long time. I'll be frank. I don't think they care about OSR. I don't, I well, don't think. Yeah, maybe. I, maybe I mean, I mean, I'm just going to be you know straight up. I don't think they care about OSR. I feel that if they, if they presented, here's an easier stream down version of the, of the system looking at some of the things that have modern mechanics in the OSR community, you could make a modern basic really easy and approachable for people easier and more approachable than some of the more third edition, fourth edition, fifth edition, complex rules. 
And I think a lot of people would gravitate to an official release of a streamed down system that's something more akin to like basic fantasy RPG, which uses a very modern mechanics in certain ways to accomplish an old school feel, but it's also kind of a streamlined version as a basic, as essentially basic. Why not do that? <laughs> yeah, it would make the, uh, like you said, easier entry for some folks that have never gamed or played tabletop board games or, you know, anything like that. But I mean, we'll today's see. world, you know, we'll yeah. see. I mean, there's a lot of people that play video games and video games have a lot of fantasy games out there as well, too. So, yeah. And I'm not begging for that from them. It's just one of the things like, why don't they do that? Why don't they make this entry level easy, string down basic like they used to? I think a lot more people would get into a modern edition of a basic D&D. But I'm not the one in charge at Hasbro. And I'm very happy with what we currently have. Swords of Wizardry, Old School Essentials. There's amazing games that are being created by gamers who are into it. And they're doing innovative things. And I'm able to pick up a lot of content from folks who aren't, you know, a big company. People who are out there independently creating. And I'm happy with that realm of gaming. It makes me very content. <laughs> so do you think they're going to change anything on the open game license? We'll see. The license will be the big interesting part. Yeah, that's the part that I'm curious about as well. Too, we'll have is... to talk about licensing it and we're coming up on th- we're about th- we're, I think we're over 30 minutes okay. now. So we're yeah. <laughs> we're over the episode length. I think we might be able to do this for a second episode for half an hour too. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so in, anyways, I guess we're both looking forward to see what the changes are. Yes, we next, are next spring, whether we both pick it up or not. I think uh, it's 2024, see, isn't it? I thought it was something coming next year i thought i think there's new releases next year but i think the actual new edition or the 5.5 yes, yes. or whatever will be, be 2024 for the yeah. 50th correct so. for the 50th I, I think they're going to be releasing some new stuff but not like you said the uh, overall well that's about all we have time for today thanks for listening if you've enjoyed the podcast you can follow us on facebook at wobblies and wizards just search that like and follow you can find us at wobblies and and keep those dice rolling And may your dice work for every edition you play.